calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. To I'm Listening, a Frasier fan podcast hosted by number one Frasier fan, me, Anita Flores. And also, welcome to part two of Frasier fans around the world. You heard from a delightful Peruvian fan in part one. And in this episode, you're going to hear from a variety of craniacs. One that co-wrote a book about Frasier, one who created Frasier Crane Con in Seattle, one from England, one who met David Hyde Pierce and Kelsey Grammer, plus voicemails from Frasier fans. I put a call out on social media a while back and asked fans to call in and let me know why they love Frasier. And the responses were amazing, are amazing. And I'm so excited for you to hear them. So sit back, relax, drink some sherry, and enjoy part two. Okay, so we are here with uh, another Frasier fan, as uh, there are many of them, not just me. Uh, please welcome Tom Campbell to the podcast. Tom, how are you today? I am honored and privileged to oh, be on the podcast. I, I know it sounds like a bit, it, it sounds a, a bit fanboyish, but uh, as, a, as a fan of the show for ages, I feel like I'm on the other side of it now. Uh, hi to Tom, currently listening to this. Uh, on his iPhone. Yeah, that's you on I'm Listening. Oh, I'm, uh, so I'm, glad. I'm really good, thank you. <laughs> I'm so glad to hear that. So this is this is Frasier fans all over the world. That's what this episode's about. So Tom, where are you from? I am from Newcastle upon Tyne in the United Kingdom, if you couldn't tell by my Fraser esque accent. I am from the UK. It's great. And, you know, this isn't the first time I've uh, had a had a Brit on the pod and I try very hard not to make obnoxious comments as an American. It's easier. For you know me- what? You're yeah. fine. We, we're pretty obnoxious as a standard. So you can rock on. Make me as obnoxious as you like. It's fine. Well, there's you know what it is. It's to me, it's the same as which this is also something I don't do anymore. But as a very short person, um, I have in the past found myself just, thro- you know, shouting at like a tall person, generally a tall man at a party. Wow, you're really tall and then you know understandably <laughs> he has nothing to say because yeah he's he's tall it's the same with with a person who happens to be british i think oh you your accent and then it's like what are you supposed to say to that so well the, the um, follow-up question normally to that is oh you're english you live in london don't you uh, and you go well no i'm many hundred miles away from london but oh but you you've been to london yeah whatever i've been to london that's fine and so do you still live in newcastle Yes, uh, I'm not originally from here. There'll be a lot of uh, Geordies, which is the term for people from Newcastle, uh, who will listen to this going, he doesn't sound like he's from Newcastle. There's a very distinct accent in Newcastle. But I'm, I'm originally from uh, the West Midlands, which is quite literally in the middle of the land, uh, which is much further down the country. And I moved up here about five years ago for work and uh, met a lovely lady here. And consequently, we've ended up uh, setting up a life here. And uh, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Newcastle's beautiful. 
Oh, that's wonderful. Well, I'm curious, in Newcastle, since you're my only connect there right now, are there other Frasier fans in Newcastle? Do you know of Do any? you know what? Yeah. I, I think there are. And I I, I tentatively suggested a, a Frasier meetup because um, the, the, reason that, the reason that we got to know each other, Anita, the reason that we know each other is, and are we allowed to swear on this? Absolutely. I'm gonna... Swear away. Okay. Okay. The reason we know each other is through the Facebook page, Frasier Shitposting. Yes. A very popular. That was group. <laughs> we yes. met, which is just a very meme heavy Frasier Facebook page. And <laughs> I, the other, about a month ago or so, I posted a uh, photo I took of uh, Kelsey Grammer on the side of uh, a bus going through Newcastle. <gasps> And made some sort of Frasier-based comment like, what if Frasier was in Newcastle or something? Followed by underneath it in the comments, two or three people going, oh, I'm not the only one from Newcastle. (laughs) So I know for a fact there's at least two. And I did suggest, uh, I was out with my good lady at the time, and I did say, we we should have a meet-up. She's like, oh, I don't know. They, 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 they could be anybody. No, but they're Frasier fans, so they're going to be, they're going to be a, a certain level of okay, surely. Yes, I think. I don't think it's. Uh, I don't think it's a coincidence that I have having met people, Frasier fans, through my podcast and through uh, Frasier ship posting and uh, <laughs> Frasier fan club. That uh, I tend to get along with everyone. It seems like we all have something very special in common. So I think if you can do it, I think you should do it. You should do a meetup. If we do, then we'll send you a picture. Oh my God, please send me a picture. So uh, now I know you can't speak for all people in the United Kingdom. You can, I probably only speak for you, but would you say there's any particular reason as a person from the United Kingdom why you might like Frasier in particular, which is an American show. Do you know what? It's I I there's nothing really particularly about uh, the element of Britishness to it. Obviously, he speaks very sort of transatlantic, which sort of resonates a touch. Mm-hmm. Some people think he's British. He, does, he speaks in a British accent. I do believe it's transatlantic. Yeah, I agree. Which is very very different. But I, I um I I think the reason that Frasier is is a big deal in the UK is frequency and consistency because the majority of people from the UK who are listening to to yourself and, and, and I right now will it be will be familiar with Frasier because it is on every single morning of every <laughs> single day on TV in the UK and if you spoke to other people from Britain they may have brought this up with you so back in the day back in the 90s there used to be a, a, an early morning sort of wacky show called the big breakfast uh-huh. right which was on between like sort of like six and nine and then eventually after about 10 years it disappeared and things came along to replace it that just didn't really stick it wasn't as good as the big breakfast so the one year they just they didn't have anything so they they put some old sitcoms on and one of the sitcoms they put on was Frasier. this was this was probably oh gosh 12 years ago they did this and now they they play Fray. They still to this day just play Frasier among other American sitcoms, but always Frasier. And the, you have a th- and, and there's a, there's always a, a great moment in time for anybody that that gets chance to watch Frasier at that particular time because what they do is when they reach the end of Frasier, when they get to the final episode of the final season, and if it's like a block of three episodes, which it normally is, they just immediately rewind and start again. Wow. So, so they just you, go in order. Perfect, that's it. They go in, they go in perfect order. You <sighs> get you get the final episode and then immediately everyone's hair's grown back and Daffy <laughs> doesn't know Nas exists. It's 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 a really it's a really melancholy time warp that you find yourself in. <laughs> that is okay, so th- this is interesting to me for two reasons because I uh I mean, I started watching Frasier, as I've, listeners, you've heard this so many times, I started watching it while it was on, and obviously I didn't fully understand why I liked it, because I was very young, but I then, of course, I started watching it in syndication. Uh, I can I can speak for, you know, syndication here in, in uh, New York and Connecticut, but generally the block of sitcoms that would play were always at night, so it was always like 
after all the all the you know musty TV and and the the local news. So uh, there'd be things like Frasier, Friends, Seinfeld, and all of that stuff would play sometime after ten o'clock at night. But I and and even like there were British shows like uh, oh I loved Keeping Up Appearances and I would watch that on uh, public television. <laughs> but even that that like um, as time goes by. All of that stuff was always on at night. I've never watched reruns of sitcoms in the morning. And in all my time watching repeats on TV, none of them have ever been in order. So this is very interesting to me. Oh, yeah, it's an, it's, it's an exact order. Maybe there might be the odd occasion where like a news event may mean they skip one, but on but more often than not, is in the exact order. My brain exploded the other day. Um, not literally, only metaphorically. <laughs> uh, I've got a friend, uh, her name is Susie, and she has started working for Channel 4, which is the channel that broadcasts this block of Frasier every morning. As a, She works as a continuity announcer. And uh, I had the morning off, and there was my friend Susie talking to me, telling me that Frasier was about to start. <laughs> it was the most peculiar moment, but it genuinely made, it made my week actually, to the point <laughs> where I even texted her saying, thank you for putting Frasier on for me. It, so Like you know I'm watching. <laughs> she knows you well. Now you were talking about how, you know, the reruns in the morning, big thing, uh, where you are. Did you, is that how you started watching Frasier? Um, I, I don't actually know it wasn't it wasn't uh, on the reruns it was back in oh let me think about this I want to say sort of 1999 mm -hmm. maybe we had the Paramount Comedy Channel over here in the UK and there was um, and, and they played Frasier I think it was a Wednesday or a Thursday night and so it was kind of just as Frasier was sort of reaching its its salad days it wasn't quite out on the porch yet but it was certainly grabbing the blanket and heading that way and um, it was, and, and I and I just fell in love with it. There was something about the charm of the program that I loved. In fact, last time I went home, because every so often Paramount Comedy Channel would do, I think they do it on other channels anyway. They did like a, like they did like a weekend of a certain program, and they had a Frasier weekender. So from seven a.m. till seven p.m. Saturday and Sunday, they played every episode. They played all the episodes of Frasier they could squeeze in. And you now this is back in a day before we have on demand, where mm. it's just like you. Like we're so blessed now, Anita, because if there's something we want to watch, we can just go tapity tapity tap. Watch it now. Uh, my my good ladies in the other room at the moment watching Peaky Blinders, uh, which we've only it. just started watching. <laughs> it's it's amazing. Tom Hardy's brilliant in it. But because of the technology we've got now, because we missed it first time round, like everything's, everything's there and we can catch up. We, we didn't have this in, in my childhood. So a Frasier Weekender was on and I managed to, and I last time I was back home, I was in the garage in the, in the, in the car hold. And uh, there was, there was a tape that, there was a tape that I'd labeled. I'd forgotten I'd written it. And it was labeled Frasier Weekender. And I and I drawn like the Seattle skyline on the label of the tape <laughs> and with the whole do not record written underneath it and all of that. And and so and I think I must have just watched that video once the Frasier Weekender finished. Anytime I needed something to watch, I think I'd watch Frasier because I think that's the one that I know that with 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 your podcast what i've loved about it is the 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 in-depth discussion about the hows and the whys and the character building and such like that but the big thing for me and why i love fraser is i always find it just easy viewing mm. like it's something that you can you can have on in the in the background or you can just sit and watch and you can just absorb it and enjoy it there's no there's there's not much like, if you want to read deeper into it you can but if you just want something that's on that's not gonna you know mentally rock your boat Frasier's there it's just it's a warm blanket of a show it was a big before i started my new job it was a big part of my morning because i would watch the previously mentioned uh blocks of Frasier on a on a weekday morning and that was sort of how i started my day and it's that's one of the reasons why I've, I fell in love with it and probably one of the reasons why I burnt this VHS tape out hmm. watching the Frasier Weekender over and over again. I would say I, I fully agree. I think uh, Frasier is definitely uh, easy listening. And I uh, I also, this is just something I realized, there I definitely have, th that show along with um, probably maybe 
Seinfeld or Friends are shows that I've seen so many times that, you know, sometimes I'll watch them right before bed. And Frasier, I would say, is a show you can watch before bed and it will not induce any nightmares. I say that because there are <laughs> things I've watched before bed that have induced nightmares. Um, to give you an, a very obvious example, uh, a show that I Any love, Simon Moon episodes. Well, there's a reference I don't know. <laughs> Oh, wait, Simon. Oh, right, Simon, yes. Any Simon Moon episode. Right, Simon Moon. Right, right, right. No, like, so Frasier will not induce nightmares for me. Do you know that last night, and I assume this will resonate with you, you are familiar with Love Island, yes? Oh, wow. That's a that, that's a nightmare in itself, Love Island. Oh, Jeez. I'm with you. But my boyfriend loves that show. And it's so funny because he and I constantly are like sort of uh, compromising for each other where I'm like, let's watch Frasier or one of my other favorite shows, Law and Order Special Victims Unit. And he's like, all right, let's watch Love Island. <laughs> and we watched Love Island uh, yesterday and I, I had nightmares, okay? No, they were not Love <laughs> Island related, but I'm convinced that just being annoyed by some of the people on the show induced some negative thinking and therefore <laughs> caused me to have nightmares. So what I, I totally, yeah. I totally agree with you. So also with that program, right? It's they call it Love Island, right? Oh, There's yeah. no love. There's oh. no love. It's lust, right? It's yeah. lust on that island, and it's not even an island. It's, I know. It's a peninsula. I'm aware. So it's technically Lust Peninsula. Yeah. Let's let's call it what it is. Oh, I love that. I would watch Lust Peninsula. That that's uh, it's more honest. <laughs> I would. Frasier would watch Lust Peninsula. Absolutely. Now, a uh, question for you. You you've obviously uh, you've just referenced uh, Peaky Blinders, as a a, a British, a, a lover of Frasier, can you recommend any British shows that might be appealing to Frasier lovers? Oh, oh, that's a great question. Um, well, it's it's a, it's slightly more out there than Frasier, but I think Frasier fans would get a kick out of Toast of London. Okay, I'm writing it down. Never heard Starring of it. Sounds great. Matt Berry. Mm -hmm. It's Matt Berry, and he plays uh, a, a struggling actor. Uh, based in London, a guy called Stephen Toast, and uh, he's and it's just his trials and tribulations of trying to make it in the business, and it's something about the way that it's written, and also it's very much like how Kelsey Grammer could only ever play Frasier because he is Frasier, like that's right. it, he is Frasier. Matt Berry, in everything he is in, plays Matt Berry. He's just got a very distinctive, very British voice. I've seen him uh, in the with, IT with, crowd. He's great. You know, yeah, that's it. And like that, it's that, it's that very weird and warm and wonderful sound and the cadence that is sometimes all over the place. Where he'll offer you, I don't know, a Kit Kat, and it's <laughs> and I love and I I love the richness of that. And and I think if you're a Frasier fan, I I do think and you'd love Toast of London. Um, in terms of like stuff that's that's easy to watch in the same way that Frasier is. I mean, you've already mentioned Keeping Up Appearances. It's a bit of a classic sure. uh, without a shadow of a doubt. Yes, Keeping Up Appearances, now that I think about it, it makes sense because the the main character, Hyacinth, if I'm pronouncing her name correctly, which I might not be. Uh, what I love is that you got the, it was the, the whole joke with the show was pronouncing the surname wrong. Bouquet, and you were concerned about getting the bucket. first name right. <laughs> Yes, I <laughs> definitely remember watching that uh, on PBS, probably at the same time as Frasier, and definitely sensing that she, along with Frasier Crane and Matt Berry, honestly, seem as if they've traveled from a from a different time into the future, <laughs> and yeah, this stick out like, like a sore I feel like Frasier Crane and Matt Berry would get on. I feel like if Frasier was still oh, going yeah. today, Matt Berry would have already guested in it. Sure, or been like a really worthy nemesis, I could see. I could picture him. Being oh, that. like a Cam Winston. It, absolutely, a Cam Winston. Oh. I mean, let's just keep these ideas ro uh, rolling because, uh, you know, somebody is somewhere is going to make this Frasier revival. Um, I'm hoping, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on the air. Somebody's going to hear me and they're going to be like, Call Anita because she's got really good ideas. And then, <laughs> then, then you know, you and I can collaborate. Um, maybe this this the show becomes a perhaps a reboot. Except everyone's British, except the healthcare worker who's American, and then we just have a bunch <laughs> of stereotypes about the uh, American, and it's just like with Daphne, except she was British. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm having some really great ideas right now. Um, I'm always very nervous about reboots, though. I'm always course. very nervous. I'm, I'm like, nervous. It was my, my, my favorite reboot story is it's not so much connected to Frasier, but it's connected to Friends uh-huh. and how um, the, the, there was a, a, a group of writers in England who were tasked with making an English version of Friends. And they oh. came up with the show Coupling. Oh, which yes. was yep, I'm familiar. But coupling, yeah, yeah, you're you, you're familiar because it was so it was so successful. It went to the states right. and was so and successful. They and... piloted a, an American version of coupling, that's right. which in itself is a British version of Friends. Yeah, yes, that's true. Yeah, wild. That is coupling wild. Inception. Inception. Uh, well, thank you, Tom, so much for being here. Where can people find you on the internet in in life? Uh, in in life, I probably won't give out my address because that's uh, fair. I, I love you, but I don't want you outside my house. That's okay. Uh, at Tom on Twitter is where I live. I work for a, a YouTube channel called Cultaholic, and if you if you happen to be in that tiny little cross section of Frasier fans who also happen to be an, I don't know American professional wrestling fans, <laughs> then you can come and find me there. There's bound to be some uh, at Cultaholic, but if not, just come and say hi at Tom Campbell. Uh, it'd be lovely to chat to you. And this has been Ace. I've loved this. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Tom. My name is Cheryl, and I am uh, in Connors, Georgia, and the show is Frasier. My three favorite, it's said to give you one, but I have three, Room Service, uh, The Wine Club, and, oh God, <laughs> I can't think of the name of it now. Uh, well, Room Service, The Wine Club, and Ski Lodge. Those are my favorite shows. Why do I love Frasier? Why? How could I not love Frasier? Uh, between he and his brother, I can't figure out who needs a psychiatrist more. You know, <laughs> it, it, they're just funny and, and interesting. And, you know, I love wine. And I began to love wine because of watching them because uh, it made me curious to find out exactly what was just, you know, the mystique and how do you have a grape and it tastes so different and so forth. So it, it actually made me do some research and started me into love of wine as well. And I, I don't know, the whole cast is just perfect. Uh, they perfectly rounded them out. Um, some of my favorites ha- include Cam Winston um, and his mom. I love when uh, Martin and Cam's mother get together. Uh, but other than that, I mean, it's just all around favorite show. I watch it on Netflix. I watch it on Hallmark. Uh, I watch it on, I think Logo still has it. And um, another channel still has it. So whenever I catch it on television, I watch it. But to get my full feel of the show without, you know, uh, commercial breaks and without the obligatory clips, I watch it on Netflix. And I've been a fan ever since it was on. And I continue till this day. I actually uh, belong to the Fraser Fan Club on Facebook. And this is where I found the information for this podcast. Thank you. Hello. Hi, Patrick. This is Anita Flores. How are you? Great. How are you doing, Anita? Good. Thanks for uh, taking the time to chat for, for a bit. So, Patrick, uh, thank you so much uh, for joining the podcast. So uh, I'm going to uh, keep the names of some of the Frasier fan groups anonymous because they're they're safe spaces. But I just want to um, sort of say to listeners, you know, I met you and I've met many awesome Frasier fans through like Frasier fan clubs that are sort of online. And um, that was actually how I discovered some of your work. Yeah. So one of the things that I thought was super cool that I found, you know, you created was essentially like a, a cookbook that is sort of compiling, I think, uh, all the recipes from Fraser. Is that correct? Yes, it, it took quite a while. It went through the entire series writing down every time they mentioned or did a... Uh, uh, 
a recipe. And uh, I basically went on the internet and got the recipes that, that matched that. The Wolfgang uh, Puck episode where he's doing crab cakes, uh, he actually had that a recipe available free on the internet. So that uh-huh. is actually his recipe. Oh, wow. That's funny. Um, and yeah. where, uh, where are you located? Like what's, or where are you from? Um, I was born in Michigan, but okay. uh, raised in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, which, uh, and that's where I'm at right now. Okay. Phoenix, Arizona. When did you get into, to Fraser? Well, uh, it, it's uh, kind of a strange story. I sat down with my folks one day, and they were watching Frasier, and they said, uh, this is a really great show, and, and I was kind of introduced to it that way. I've seen Cheers uh, a couple episodes, but never really got into it. Mm-hmm. But just the uh, Frasier was just fantastic, and I went from there. I remember watching the pilot, not knowing it was the pilot, uh, uh, you know, several episodes later and just thought it was fantastic and then later realized, wow, that was pretty well done for being the pilot. Usually mm. a pilot has to be adjusted and, 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 you know, they may lose a character or change certain things, but it was really impressive from start to beginning of the entire series. Yeah, and uh, it's so interesting to me. I mean, I'm sure it can be said for other shows that sort of have a following, but I do feel like the Frasier, or the Craniacs, as I like to call us, uh, are particularly unique in in sort of uh, the projects that have sort of arisen from, that or that were inspired by this show. Um, I actually would love to know a little bit about Frasier Crane Con. Can you tell me a little bit about that? I I believe you said it just happened. Yes. Yes, it actually started last year. Um, There was talk about it on my group, and this group that I'm with is about 14,000 strong right now. Wow. Um, last year, last year it was talked about and I said, well, why don't, why doesn't somebody go into the events of the group and set it up? And, and so I actually created that. Um, I wasn't really in charge of it. Uh-huh. Uh, at that time I was pretty much moving, uh, much like Frazier, <laughs> uh, across the, the, the country. Uh-huh. I was, uh, basically uh, uprooting and going from Virginia to Phoenix, Arizona. So I wasn't able to make it. But uh, we did uh, what we we were considering back in uh, 2097 was the first, was the actual Fraser Crane Day. And it's like, well, we really don't want to do an anniversary on that because it's 9-11. Oh, sure. Uh, with, respect, with respect to uh, David Angel and right. his wife, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so... We said, well, let's do it to uh, nine sixteen, which is when the first pilot aired. Mm-hmm. So, nice. on the in two thousand eighteen, I started creating games, um, the cookbook, a calendar, things like that. So, I decided to do this thing live on the the group, to where we did little things every half hour, and I did that. I, I realized I actually had uh, things going for ten and a half hours that day. I, I actually had that day off. <laughs> oh wow! Well, that's good. I mean, that you had the day so, off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this year, mm-hmm. six months ago, I was tapping into a search on flights and found out that I could get a round trip flight from uh, Phoenix to Seattle and back for one hundred and fifty-six dollars. Sounds like a deal. And. So that's what jump-started this one, and uh, we've been advertising on the group, um, and we had a blast out there. So, yeah, wow. Karen and Brian and Mark and uh, Farnhand, uh, we just had a blast out there. Where's your favorite place um, as part of the, the sort of day of activities? Where was your favorite place that you guys went? Uh, the one was probably uh, Fifth Avenue and Olive Way, and that's kind of like what I consider the Achilles heel of the location is where uh, Frazier Niles ran up after being chased by the, the uh, school girls. Ah, yes. For and stealing the blind man's change or trying to order. Yeah. Yeah. And that right, right at that corner uh, is the monorail track and the space needle in the distance. Oh, so, yeah. I, well, and it's no, funny. no, go ahead. It's funny. A lot of people say, well, what are you going to do? You're basically just going to go to a few places but uh, as things are mentioned uh, in the series, um, they've located uh, the spot of Cafe Nervosa on 3rd and Pike. Uh, oh, and, wow. and that was the episode, um, Fool Me Once, Shame on Me. 
uh-huh. where uh, somebody took his briefcase and he said, you can return it at Cafe on 3rd and Pike. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and That's in weird. another episode uh, where they've mentioned where KACL is, right across the street from Cafe Nervosa, mm. and that was in the uh, flashbacks of You Can Go Home Again. So a lot of neat things like that. And, and there's the building of Elliott Bay Towers, which is just a quick glimpse in Impossible Dream episode at the very end. And last year, I had a, comp- a contest of who could find a building that close. Mm-hmm. And John Beal, who's in charge of these uh, moderator on my group, actually found the actual building. And it's only about uh, 0.4 miles from the Space Needle. So it was really neat to see the outside of that. Wow. Well, let me ask you, yeah. in, in, for you know, the, 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 in terms of sort of the cookbook, the uh, Fraser Crane Con, some of the, the games, calendars, CDs you mentioned, uh, is there like any particular thing about Fraser, or, or like a, a singular episode, a moment, a season that sort of inspired any of this? Or it was just like you watched the whole show and you were like, wow, this is awesome. I want to, you know, work on these projects or, yeah. Out of curiosity, what's your uh, inspo, inspiration? Uh, mostly just going through the series uh, has always been inspiring. Uh, it it never gets old. It's The comedy is just incredible. Uh, of course, the 1,000th uh, show, when they actually do a Fraser Crane Day, that uh, inspired me to try and locate as much on the show that I could. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of people think that, you know, it's just it's just a show. It's not real. But this is kind of where fric- where fiction meets reality. Um, there's even uh, in one episode, uh, Daphne goes to a bar called the Fox and Whistle. Yes. I and remember. in Seattle, there is a, a a little pub called the Owl and Thistle. Oh. So <laughs> there's a lot of parodies that they did parody with um, with Seattle. So that's very interesting. Wow. I think my biggest thing that I I'm um, realizing as I'm talking to you that I definitely want to ask everyone, and I'm glad I asked you, was sort of the inspiration part. Because I do think that it's very, I think for me, like I, even when you just said, uh, for you, it never gets old, uh, I feel the same way. And I, I feel glad that I uh, kind of latched onto a show that has so many seasons and episodes, because there's some shows, especially right. more recent shows, like, um, ooh, I don't know, Party Down. Have you ever heard of Party Down? No. Party Down was a show that was on Showtime for, oh boy, it was like 12 episodes. So it was like six episodes in one season and they were like 25 minute episodes. So as much fun as it is to watch, it's over so soon. And I think, um, you know, the longevity of Frasier it's, is what's uh, why it makes it, at least for me, so easy to just keep going back and watching it. Because uh, I tend to end up getting stuck on season seven because of the Niles Daphne, you know, finally getting oh, yeah. <laughs> together. But right now I'm actually back at season one. And I was and like, I just watched, uh, I just rewatched the episode where Frasier and Niles try and write a book together. And I was like, oh man, there are some great episodes in season one. So I feel like I'm always discovering something uh, new with each rewatching. Some of the inspiration came from uh, looking into things, looking on the internet, like looking up the blueprints of Montana, and there was nothing there. And I'm reading a lot of reviews, people saying, I wish this existed. And I'm like, well, why can't it exist? So, you know. That's right. Somebody just has to do it. kind of came from that. Yeah. Yeah, like they, they do have a, a Cafe Nervosa cookbook that's actually published, but it never really followed the entire series. Like I thought, well, why can't that happen? And things like that. Like uh, I was looking for a knickknack of Martin's chair beside my computer. And it's like, well, if I can't find it, why not create it? Wow. Well, so. you know what? Cause I wish that um, the cookbook you made, cause I saw the Cafe Nervosa one on Amazon because I'm t- going to talk to somebody after you today who did publish a book that's on Amazon. So I'll have to ask him how that whole process works. So uh, maybe. Is that, the, uh, yeah. that, would, that wouldn't have to be the Fraser, the cultural history, would it? It is. That is. Fantastic. Yes. I'm going to talk to <laughs> Joe Dorowski, who actually wrote the book with his sister. So um, oh, yeah. maybe there'll be something useful from that for you. If, you know, maybe if we'll find out how you get that uh, the cookbook out there on Amazon, if that's something you're interested in. 
Um, yeah, fantastic. Because honestly, for and, me, that would be a great gift. Like if somebody gave me the what you made as a gift, I would, I would, I would, I would love it. Uh, that would be fantastic. So, um, yeah, I'll see what I'll see what he says. We'll probably have to. We'll definitely have to wrap up in in a like a minute. But I was going to ask you if you want me to ask you on the air if there's anything you want uh, me to plug for you. Meaning, like, is there like a website or anything you want? people to see of yours that's online or or anything uh well uh i think people would enjoy the blueprints of the montana um i i believe that if you do a, a any type of engine search it'll pop up but it is on that group that i i'm involved in on facebook and um a group uh, a website called sitcomsonline.com and if you go to like the fraser you could probably do a search and pull it up that way as well Oh, perfect. All right. Well, that sounds great. Uh, what were you going to say before I interrupted you? Oh, I was going to say about the uh, the Fraser, uh, the culture history, when this first came out. I mean, I did a search and found it before it came out. I was waiting for it. It's a fantastic book. And they actually posted uh, photos. Uh, I believe both of them met with uh, David Hyde Pierce and had the book signed. <gasps> so, oh, I'm going to have to ask him yeah. about that. Did you, I'm going to yeah. add it to my questions, did you meet David Hyde Pierce? As you, I'm sure you can uh, assume without even asking me, he's obviously a dream guest for me that I aspire and am still trying to make happen to get uh, somebody from the show on the podcast. So when that happens, yeah. everyone, including everyone in the Fraser groups, will be the first to know. Uh well, thank you so much, Patrick, uh, for joining uh, I'm Listening. And um, you know what? My boyfriend is the of uh, the two of us is the one that cooks. So uh, I think that in the future, I'm definitely going to try and uh, make him make a recipe from the cookbook that you made. So we'll see what happens. Fantastic. All right. Well, thank you so much, Patrick. Hi, my name is Jenny. I'm from Ontario, Canada. And... I like Frasier because it reminds me of my childhood. There's just something so comforting about it. I also like falling asleep to it. There's just something about it. I also am obsessed with the character Frasier Crane. He's so insane, so out of this world that there could never be another character like him. He's just so asinine, and that's why I love him. Um, there isn't anybody else in my city, I think, that likes Frasier, not that I'm aware of. My fiancé started watching it, um, since he's been with me. I got a lot of shit for it, because a lot of people just think it's this stuffy, unfunny show, but little do they know, it's actually super hilarious, super silly. Um, I accessed Frasier from my country. Honestly, just my mom had a bunch of DVDs growing up, so I always watched those. Um, and it was on the comedy channel from time to time. I believe it still is. Um, my favorite episode of Frasier is when Frasier heaves Martin's chair off the balcony. And I think that is my favorite scene of any TV show of all time. And yeah. All right. Thanks. Hello, this is Joe Dorowski. Hi, Joe. This is Anita Flores. How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you? Fantastic. So we are here uh, with a another craniac. Uh, let's welcome Joe Dorowski to the podcast. Joe, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on. I'm excited to chat because I know that you have a book, uh, which is called Frasier, A Cultural History. Um, I'd love to hear more about this book. Tell me about it. How did it come to be? Yeah. Well, it's a book that I co-authored with my sister, Kate. I have a PhD in American studies and I study popular culture. And she has a degree, a master's degree from Parsons in New York in the history of design. And I had talked to her about collaborating on um, a project looking at the set design in Frasier mm -hmm. and digging into that. And it kind of grew into a book project that we were able to publish with Roman and Littlefield that goes. So, so there is still some of that set design uh, side of it, but we definitely dig into the characters, the archives of the series, and also a lot of behind-the-scenes details about the creation of the show. Great. Did you, um, and obviously, and so I've got to read the book, uh, which which I will, <laughs> but uh, I'm curious. Great. How are you doing, Anita? you have to talk to anyone from the show, or, you know, how did you uh, put it together? Yeah, so we uh, definitely dug into a lot of the academic commentary that has existed around sitcoms and around Fraser specifically. 
we looked at a lot of uh, reviews uh, and interviews from when the show was on the air. We weren't able to contact uh, any of uh, the main actors uh, while we were working on the books. There's a lot of layers between <laughs> academic researchers sure. and uh, professional actors that, that you're not always able to break through. Um, but we did have some sources like uh, Ken Le- Levine has an excellent um, blog, uh, and he was a writer that had worked on both Cheers and Frasier. And so we were able to get a lot of uh, some, some behind the, the scenes materials from him. Uh, and, and then also just uh, with the wonders of uh, the internet and university libraries, we were able to access um, a lot, uh, a lot more behind the stuff that had been published uh, in in smaller newspapers or in magazines that had maybe you know not been seen as widely, uh, and and use those in our research as well. Interesting. Um, so, why what is it about Fraser that in like inspired you to write a book? How did you how did you even get into Fraser? <laughs> Um, I, the first episode of Frasier I ever saw, I remember, was when I was in high school uh, in, the, in the 90s, and I had a sister who was uh, still at home, and I think she was in her first year of college, so she had a computer in her room, and I needed to use her computer to write a paper or, or finish editing a paper for, for school the next day, and uh, it was the Halloween episode of Frasier was what she was watching on her TV, and I'd never seen an episode of Frasier or anything, mm. but I was just immediately drawn and said, there's like just such a high quality of wit and quality of writing and performance in this that I was just drawn to it. And uh, since then, you know, I became a fan of the series and I, I always thought like there's enough depth that's going on that it would be worth, uh, you know, uh, digging into academically to look for themes and messages and that sort of thing as well. Sure. Now, which episode are you talking about the one where Daphne is dressed as Elton John or is it? No, no, not that one. It's the uh, the Roz, the Roz. Oh, uh, uh, yes. The, the, is she or isn't she pregnant? <laughs> yes. I figured that yes. was probably what you were talking about. The costume party. One of my favorite episodes. That was fantastic. Yeah. That's a great, uh, great episode to. I would I'd like to think any episode that involves some sort of soiree, a gathering, a dinner party <laughs> uh, is a good place to start for Frasier. And also mixed up identities and, you know, people having pieces of information, but not the whole picture, but the audience has the whole picture and can understand why everyone's acting the way they are, even though, uh, you know, it's a bit absurd what they're doing. Absolutely. Now, unfortunately, I know your your um, sister couldn't join uh, this call, but uh, I am curious, I think you mentioned before, off the air, uh, that she got uh, David Hyde Pierce to sign the book. Tell me about that. Uh, yeah, at the time uh, our book was published, she was living in New York, and uh, David Hyde Pierce was doing a Broadway play, and they would uh, do a meet and greet after the play um, at the side. And so she she didn't actually go and see his play; she just timed it for when he'd be coming out. And uh, she showed uh, the book uh, security person and said, "I want to give a copy of this to David Hyde Pierce." And so he actually like made sure she got a little quick time one on one with him where she gave him a book and he also signed a copy for her and for and for me. And he wrote, I hope this is good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've lived in New York for like almost 12 years. I have yet to run into him. I don't, I mean, I guess, you know, I've <laughs> never had the patience to like wait for anyone outside of a of a play um but who knows yeah i'm pretty sure this is the first time my sister had done it but you know she had a book about a tv show that he starred on and oh uh, it like, was worth oh, it one, oh, we, yeah, yeah. And, and like when we did in the book there's also a uh, a review uh or like we do a star ranking of every episode as an appendix at the back mm-hmm. and if it's a four-star episode we had to give a reason why and i think a couple times we just wrote david hype pierce was the reason why like just just go watch <laughs> this man it. perform as Love niles it. and um, and that, that makes a four-star episode <laughs> sometimes so uh since this episode is um of my podcast is about sort of fraser fans around the world or in this case a lot of them around the united states where are you from uh, I'm, I'm living in Utah right now. Um, okay. I, I teach English at Brigham Young University. Uh, and my sister is the co-author. She's in California now, though she was in New York when we wrote the book. Okay. So, and are you both originally, where are you all both originally from? Uh, Virginia is where uh, we were originally from. Okay. All right. So that mm-hmm. makes, it's tough because, you know, for me, 
I was born in New York, but I spent my formative years in Connecticut and then moved back to New York uh, 12 years ago. So collectively... Uh, so which one do you claim? I mean, <laughs> who wants to claim that they're from Connecticut? Nobody. <laughs> uh, it uh, Absolutely, it feels much better to tell people I'm from New York, which technically I am. But anyway, now I can uh, sort of say uh you technically you you're you're in utah so let's count a utah fan but you're from virginia so you're also a fan from virginia and somebody left a voicemail um from west virginia uh, uh talking about why they love fraser so we've got uh fraser's got oh you're least. just gonna fill in some there and so yeah we've got a west virginia we've got a yeah you know what i should do it would have taken a long time but in a in a different world when i had more time and resources i would do like <laughs> somebody from every state that loves fraser uh <laughs> maybe for the for the sequel of this episode um yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it was lovely talking to you. But and I, you mentioned you've got. Uh, I think you another book. You just published another book. Uh, what is it? Uh, where can people find it? Yes, uh, we went backwards uh, and did uh, Cheers: A Cultural History ah. after we did Fraser: A Cultural History. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And it's also from Roman and Littlefield, so you can find the book at the Roman and Littlefield website, or it is available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble, and uh, you know all your traditional book book selling locations uh, and. Uh, physical bookstores would be able to get it. I'm doubting most of them have that in stock on their shelves already, but they could certainly order it for you if that's what you're looking for as well. Fantastic. And do you have a podcast as well? Uh, yes, I host the Protagonist Podcast, where each week we talk about a great character in a great story. So it's a bit eclectic. One week we might be talking about a superhero comic book. The next we might be talking about Niles from Frasier, and the one after that, something from Shakespeare. Amazing. Um, now, and, yeah, and uh, we—I was just gonna say—we have done a couple uh, Fraser-centric episodes of that as well. So you can go dig around in the protagonist podcast archives and find those. Fantastic. One uh, last thing. Now you mentioned Brigham Young. I had a friend that went to Brigham Young, and I believe—correct me if I'm wrong—because I'm trying to check off how many different kinds of people love Fraser, but it's a Mormon university. Am I right or wrong? About yes, that? it is owned by the Mormon by, by the Mormon Church. Okay. So do you w- do you consider yourself a Mormon? Yes. Yeah, I am an active Mormon. Mm-hmm. All right. So then now that's listen to that, folks. Another different another person in the books, Fraser fans around the world, including mm-hmm. uh a Mormon. And and so do you know anyone else at Brigham Young that likes Fraser? I'm just collecting information at this point. Because I'm just curious. Uh, yeah, uh, definitely. And I uh, like I uh, show an episode in some of my classes for doing a narrative analysis. And uh, even with uh, you know students that are in their late teens and early twenties, there's usually at least one or two that say this is one of my favorite shows. I've seen all of it. Um, oh, not wow. not as as maybe popular as like The Office. That's probably one of the other go tos that m- more people in the room have seen. But when I show The Office uh, or Frasier, it's an introduction for some students. But there's always someone who says like I've watched every with my family or something like that. Interesting. Um, it, which uh, do you tend to mix it up or what uh, what what's like an episode or two episodes that you like to show in class? Uh, I usually will show the innkeepers, the episode when they uh, try and do the restaurant. Oh, classic. <laughs> classic. Um, and I, I use it as an example of how uh, there's there's like all these simple moments that are actually all commenting on a theme of what we do with old things. Um, so like everything from the, you know, the Niles, his bit of business at the beginning is to bring in an old book and say everyone should read it, but then he won't let Roz read it. And once you start looking for it, you realize every, like so many of these jokes that could be anything that would be funny are uh-huh. actually all commenting on uh, what we culturally do with old stuff in America. Interesting. Man, I wish there had been a Frasier class when I was in school. Or it's not a Frasier <laughs> class. It's not a Frasier class, but it's a, what's the actual, like what's the actual class? Well, it, it's it's a writing 150 class, but I'm asking them to uh, think about some, uh, some piece of entertainment that they enjoy and look for themes in it. And I use this as an example in class of how, you know, uh, a sitcom episode could actually have a lot more going on in it than just making us laugh, which is always the goal of a sitcom episode. But the best yeah. ones are going to have more going on as well. That's super interesting. Yeah, I took a class and this was, I learned my lesson from this. If you're going to take a a class about a show, you better love that show because I thought I was cheating. (laughs) I thought I was cheating the system when I picked, uh, I did a a class in, um, I was a TV minor all about South Park. I don't watch South Park. And I was like, ooh, but it's TV. I guess I'll just watch TV for, you know, the whole semester and and not the case. And uh, apparently I'm, you know, not a huge South Park fan. So 
um, I learned a lot from that experience. Um, uh, but well, yeah. <laughs> Including that you don't care for South Park as much as some other people. Right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, You know, as you know, I'm a Frasier fan. I, I'd be curious to see what, what kind of overlap there is uh, uh, people that love South Park and also Frasier. Um, and uh, I, uh, I'm gonna have to look for that person. I haven't met them yet, but <laughs> which makes well, I'm, sense. I'm not that person for you. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I'm glad to know I'm not alone in that. Um, thanks for joining me, uh, and I look forward to reading Fraser: A Cultural History. Thank you for having me on. Hi, my name is Bria, and uh, I'm calling because I have loved Fraser for a while now, and it first started when I had just moved out of a really bad city that was just not healthy for me and um, I was getting out of a really bad relationship and started to live by myself for the first time and really just be on my own and it was a lot and it was scary and I guess that I really just started to relate to Fraser because um, I had kind of a weird family life growing up and bad things happened and we just never talked about it and I loved Frasier because there was always a resolution and it was one that you could rely on and people were upfront with each other and um, that was just nothing I'd ever experienced before and it was something that was just really comforting and it was something I could always come home to and it was also something that not a lot of other people could relate to which I guess my weird little self really appreciated. Yeah, I guess I'm just super grateful for the show and everything it did for me. And um, I'm still a huge fan to this day. Well, I want to thank everyone who called in and left a voicemail. I really love Craniacs. <laughs> um, what have we learned from this episode? Frasier's got Mormon fans, fans from Canada, England, Georgia, and more. Shout out to my voicemail people. Cheryl from Georgia, I would like to put what you said on a t-shirt. Why do I love Frasier? How could I not love Frasier? That's very quotable. And I love that Frasier made you curious about wine. It made me interested in sherry and dinner parties. It's a show that introduced all of us to the finer things in life, don't you think? Jenny from Ontario, I also love falling asleep to Frasier. Bria, I'm happy to hear that your weird little self found comfort in Frasier. So did my weird little self. So did many other weird little selves. You are not alone in finding that comfort. So thank you again to everyone who called and left a voicemail. Stay tuned for part three of Fraser Fans Around the World. <laughs> 